And welcome back to another episode of Ladies First. I'm Corey. Sahara's back today. Hello, hello. Yay, you've been gone too long. <laughs> Everybody needs a little break. Yes. Just always things going on, and there's only so much we can talk about when it comes to fandom's bad behavior. So... Now we're here for something totally new. Yes, because if we talk about fandom bad behavior, we're going to be talking about a certain somebody's casting and the reaction to that, and I think... Eh, boring. (laughs) I'll get ranty about it, because there's certain stuff that I'm really not okay with, and I'm like, do I really want to spend the rest of my day being upset? Nah. We have other things to talk about. We have more fun things to talk about. Okay, so I'll just talk about it then. Yeah. Um, this epi- <laughs> There's your setup. <laughs> this, episode, this episode is really different because it's not about American TV. It's actually about um, Indian TV, so from India, but Bengali language and Hindi language soap operas. So if any of you have watched any telenovelas, you know that the tropes are ridiculous and the episodes last forever and nothing happens until the very end when everything comes together. Bengali serials are just like that. And we thought it would be fun to talk about if we were to take Bengali serials and their tropes and apply them to a WLW couple, whether they're lesbians, bisexual, what have you, and how that would play out and how it would change a lot of what even happens in these shows. Because in India, shows run for like two, three years and they air five to seven days a week. So what what would be like one episode here is drawn out like rubber for at least three weeks. And that's how long it takes for the plot to do anything. You're being so, generous. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes one track will be literally like three months before they finally get anywhere. So we thought that would be fun to talk about and then just kind of t- see where we go from there. I'm just going to say, like, fanboys complaining about Dragon Ball Z have no idea how good they have it. <laughs> Until oh they've God. tried watching these dramas. Oh, goodness. You want to know how women are so patient? Because they've been watching these dramas for years. It's ridiculous. I genuinely, like, I feel like part of it is totally to keep the aunties, like, subdued. So they're not mad about all the crap that's going on in their world. Because truly, like, they air at the peak dinner cooking time. My mom in Texas will just have them on when she's cooking. And there's seven or eight episodes going we, you know, back to back, seven or eight shows, I should say, with episodes each night, and she watches all of them, and she keeps up, and I'm just like, I can't really keep up with the six that I'm watching now, and I don't even watch the full episodes, because that's another thing, you could skip 70% of an episode and not miss really anything, except for maybe the really intense stares between the love interests and the hero, or in this case, the heroine and the heroine. Well, also, a lot of just, like, long pauses and staring... Not quite into the camera. The reaction shots. Yeah. (laughs) The reaction shots and the music and the really intense, like, thunder noise when shit's about to go down. So I guess it might help to explain some of the biggest tropes to start with. Mm -hmm. So the thing with Bengali serials and how they've always really existed, and Hindi serials or the serials, just South Asian telenovelas, if you will, the dramas, the whole premise is always, there's always a girl and a guy, and, uh, 
it'll follow them and them getting married and what have you. And there's almost always some kind of conflict. And that conflict usually has to do with the family. So culturally what would happen is if you got married, you would move into your father-in-law's house. The woman would marry into the father-in-law's home with her husband. Because back then and even now in a lot of places all of the family members live together. So it'll usually be like Mr. and Mrs. Khan, their four sons, their four sons' wives, all of the kids and like the maids and the house people and everyone else. Cause of course everybody has like huge houses because that makes total sense. And even in the villages, um, quote unquote, you would still have like the full family. They would just have that whole area to themselves. Mm-hmm. But there's always a drama of the mother loves her son and she's not ready for a new woman to be in her life, in his life because she loves her son so much. And it's kind of weird because it's almost like a possessive love as well. Like, I love my son the most, so no one else can love him, so I'm going to be really annoying to my new daughter-in-law, which culturally is kind of weird because, like, why did you even get them married? But that's neither here nor there. And then once the wife moves in, after all of the drama before the wedding and at the wedding, because, of course, the wedding itself has all these parts, and that's, like, 30 episodes just there, um, she comes in, she has to get everyone on her side. So usually, like, two of her sister-in-laws will like her, the rest won't, or, like, one of her brother-in-laws will like her and the rest won't. And so it's always like her. Sometimes the husband is supportive depending on the circumstances of how they get married. And then everyone else is just mad all the time. So usually what happens is it'll be the girl, she's educated or she's not, and she's doing her own thing. And then the wedding happens for whatever reason. A lot of time the hero will have someone already like he's supposed to marry, but then she ends up actually being like a bad person so then all of a sudden he has to marry someone new and no one really wants them to get married and it's always really chaotic. And then she has to deal with all of the drama of, well, now I'm in this new house. I'm supposed to run the whole house and fight my mother-in-law. And then usually, like, there's always, like, another elderly or older lady, I should say. And that's usually the mother-in-law's, like, sister-in-law because, remember, all the brothers live together. So then she's always trying to, like, take over and take all of the jewelry or the gold or the deed there's always a lot of arcs like every show has an arc where they try to steal the land because like we must own the land it's so stupid so anyways watching it is always a lot of fun because then you want to see the hero and the new person that he ends up with fall in love or if they've already been in love like how they like fight together to like keep her from you know being beaten down by everyone in her family and there's always there's almost always some kind of like murder involved someone tries to kill her and sometimes That's why someone I the stakes here. It's not just family yeah. drama. Now there's murder. <laughs> so there's always murder and embezzlement. And so there's always someone trying to get rid of her. Because the thing is, first, the mother-in-law is like, well, I'll just be really mean to her. And then she'll want to go home. Because culturally, you don't want to visit your own home except for, like, with your husband. Like, you don't want to just go back because then it seems like you're running away, which is not good. So there's that. And then, like, there's one I'm watching right now where um, – They've been married for, like, ever. But the whole premise of the show, and it's actually one of the ones that's ending. I'm so happy the show has been on for 763 episodes. Holy crap. Like, three years. And, by the way, they film for literally 50 to 16 hours a day. Every day, four months on end. And the only way they can... This is actually why there's always murder. The only way they can leave the show for vacation is if the character's not on screen. So the leads, the only way they get to go on vacation is if they do these really large arcs of like he oh there's amnesia i forgot to mention this of course there's amnesia so he got amnesia so now he's gonna be in the hospital for like four weeks and that's how he goes on vacation or she has amnesia and now she's got um one show right now is doing like the plastic surgery trope where they change her face so they can bring in a new actress because in serials actresses change all the time 
like the family members, they're all in three different, they're like in three or four shows at the same time because they get paid per like hour. I don't really know. It's weird. So anyways, that's always happening. So right now the one that I'm watching that's been on for three years and is about to end, she didn't want to marry him because she wanted to focus on her school, which, like, awesome, go be a doctor. That's a good thing to want to do with your life. But then he's, like, forced to marry her because her dad dies, and her dad was his commander in the police department. And so then they get married, and then they fall in love. But the other problem is is his sister-in-law was in love with him, and his brother's been missing. But then they find him, but now his brother's dead for real. So now she his depression, and so he, the original hero is trying to help her. Like, so imagine all of this Take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine this with two women characters and the chaos that it would be. Because now you have, well, we'll go with this example. We have the three women then, right? Who uh-huh. one woman wants to marry hero A, hero in A, and then hero in B is just like, I wanted to just finish school, but now I'm married to you. Don't want to be married to you. Because one of the things that happens is like anytime something terrible goes down with a girl and her family to like perf- protect her honor or whatever they always marry her off because then of course like if she has a partner she'll be fine which again culturally discussion we had at a later time so like that's an interesting thing or now you've got two women so like which mother-in-law's house do we go to like how do we pick that's hard to deal with and then if it's just a bunch of women like do all of the sister-in-laws here but then what if like the brother-in-laws don't support her it's just an interesting time to see like how that would all play out or, if, of course, with all of the random aunts and uncles who show up, like, literally there'll be 12 people in one scene, which is partly why the episodes take so damn long, is because you have to have the reaction shots for all of the characters. And it's just, like, chaotic and ridiculous. And then there's also, oh, I forgot to mention, so in Hinduism, the way that you indicate that you're wedded is you wear the red powder in your forehead. And so there's always, like powder falling because the wind blows it over so now you're immediately married or it's a sign from whichever god the show is about that you're now married and then they probably go through like I don't know like a hundred pounds of that stuff a day because there's just so much of it and like Corey's seen a few scenes where I've shown her like okay. Corey you could talk about hold this hold on hold on <laughs> I have to say this so Sahar shows me this one scene and it is the most overwrought, overblown wedding scene ever. And I remember thinking, holy crap, if this were two women, they don't use the red powder. There's no red powder available, but they have to be married right now. So yeah. the dude just like cuts himself, dabs his thumb in the blood, and then rams his finger under her forehead to signify that they're married. And I'm just like holy crap that was intense like there's this big thunder and wind and music <laughs> ramping up and then we see like all 40 different reaction shots from everybody there and they're like <gasps> and yeah. i'm just like can you imagine if this were like two women and especially if one woman was going to be marrying a guy and her girlfriend oh, yeah, comes in and she's like no cuts herself and jams her finger <laughs> onto the other person's forehead. I married her first. Deal with it. It's also interesting but because I the can constant... see them doing that because the drama is just so over the top. But that's the best part is that that's not even the most over the top moment that this uh, the show has had. So this show, Pun with your cow, is about magicians and like the whole premise of the show is that like magic is a really big deal and they take they're really respectful of it and it's like like really intense magic and like 
all that stuff, right? And she um, is, again, so this is where, like, the whole rich family versus the village family comes in. It's always the rich versus poor, or, like, super educated boy versus not that educated girl. Like, if any of you have ever seen that meme where the girl, it's a, it's from an Indian serial. She washes the laptop because she doesn't know any better. Like, that kind of trope is played out not as much now because it's 2018 and everybody knows what a laptop is. And people in villages have electricity. Like, that's kind of a stupid trope to play out. But it's that whole thing where it's like, she only finished ninth grade, so she's too dumb to be in my family. She can't speak English because apparently speaking English is the best thing in the world. Anyways, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Back to the magic show. The reason why he had to marry her is because the guy that was going to marry her already had a wife and was just doing it because he's a shitlord. And she doesn't even have money, so I didn't even understand the premise of that. Like, the impetus behind him wanting... Because reasons to hair. Yeah. Why does anything happen on these shows? Because plot contrivance reasons. True. So he shows up and he's like, you can't, because he's had a crush on her and thinks that she's awesome and she kind of likes him back, but of course she's already betrothed to this man and is literally going to get married this night. And he shows up, like, the car stops, he jumps out the car, and then, as Corey explained the whole scene, he specifically cuts his finger on a trident, like the religious trident, I can't remember which god has a trident in Hinduism, I should look it up, but the trident that's, like, standing there, um, I think it's Makali, actually. So, uh, and she's a destroyer. So there's also, like, all of the, like, you know, symbolism and everything happening in these shows and does it. And it's literally, like, five minutes of just the camera circling while she's, like, in shock. And now the show is at a point where this other girl wants to be with him. And she's just, like, I don't really care because you have fans, but also stop forgetting me. And then it's planning a birthday party for him. It's Shiva and it's called Trishula. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that, I can't am remember I saying it, was... it right? That sounds right. Okay. Anyone who's listening, let us know, because if we messed it up, I apologize. Even I sometimes struggle with uh, the Hindu words. But yeah, right. so um, it's, the... <laughs> it's the shorthanded weapon that looks like a trident. So that, and then just like full-on stab, and it's great. But yeah, so imagining two women with that but then also just thinking about like in american media we're so like even now like okay we had the last episode where we talked about the 30 plus characters and that's really exciting but just to imagine like we can barely handle it when our characters finally get together but to wait a full hundred episodes before they even like look at each other with intent because here's the thing, like, there's, like, this there's is, no this kissing is, this is why i told you i was like WLW, like, queer women, are they could not handle the slow burn. It would be so slow, we would die. You'd be a husk by the time it's over. Because it takes... Okay, so first of all, there's no kissing. But if any of you have ever seen a Bollywood movie, like, South Asian people, like, my people are really sensual. Like, you can look at each other and there's just, like, smolders. Like, that's where the smolder came from. Forget tall, dark, and handsome. Handsome. Handsome? That's not a word. Tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... You have this situation, and then they finally sit down, right? Oh, I totally forgot to see. This is why it's hard, because I feel like I need to, like, have video that I can, like, insert into this podcast. That's how podcasts work. So um, part of the wedding night, once you're married, like, after all of the rituals, because most of these are about Hindu families, of course. If this was a Muslim uh, serial, there would be a whole set of different set of rituals to finish. But part of the um, wedding process is after you've done everything, you've walked around the fire seven times, you've put on the red powder, the shindur, and all of that, is your actual wedding night, your bed is decorated in flowers. And it's um, essentially, full shodja translates into 
flower decorations because it's like you and your partner and like you're gonna do the thing and everyone's like kind of creepily waiting to find out and like everyone kind of jokes at them like how was your night or whatever um and there's always right so for the families where they don't like the daughter-in-law there's always some contrived like i will never let them have a full show job because that means that they're not consummating the relationship if they don't consummate the relationship then i can murder my daughter-in-law and it'll be fine or whatever escalation also it's like really creepy kind of control yeah it's a little extreme so um but that scene we don't ever actually get to like see them do anything besides maybe like hug and like sometimes like there's neck touching and like sometimes there's lips to neck but there's nothing else and so even that is like the most intense slow burn and if they ever do like truly indicate that something's going to happen they do it very cinematographically where it's like that's also not a word, but you guys know what I'm saying. Where, like, they zoom in, and then he leans in, or in this case, she would lean in, and then you kind of see their faces get really close, but then it's obstructed by her scarf. Or the wind machine goes on inside a house where there are no windows, and the wind from no windows blows her hair over their faces, so you can't actually see them make out, and then it cuts to black, and then the next morning, the sun rises. They literally will show the sunrise to show that the sun has risen. And then it'll be, like, her waking up with, like, cinder on her, like, cheek or something. And, like, on, usually it's, like, on his front shirt. And then when he walks out, his mother is, like, how dare she put her forehead on you? And it's just the most extreme ridiculousness ever. But it's just so much fun to watch. So if you were to translate that into two women, just, like, literally 100 episodes later, we would all just be dead from waiting. Because it would take so long. And this is not even getting to the wedding, though. Right. The first hundred like, episodes are just for them to look at each other. Right, like they have to actually By like, the time walk the damn wedding comes along, like, we're gonna be ash. <laughs> well, it depends, because now what they've been doing is they try, they get the wedding done in like 40 episodes, then 41 to 100 is where they like really like get into it, and then from 100 to 150 they have to deal with whatever bad crap is happening in their lives. Either someone's trying to steal their home or someone's stealing stuff and like everyone's contriving against the girl to get rid of her because she's not actually a good bride. And like this is why again it turns into like, okay, so in a WLW couple, like if we do the whole like who wears the pants quote unquote of this part, like do they go back and forth to the mother in laws? And like what if one mother in law is supportive? Because sometimes that happens. Like usually the mom's mother the mom's mother? That doesn't make sense. The girl's mother <laughs> Though there are some shows where the mom's mother's also around, which is kind of fun. But the girl's mom is usually the one that's, like, super supportive and chill. So then we have, like, that whole perspective. And then also, come episode 200, wife one dies because she's been killed. But she's not actually dead. She survived. But she won't come back because, remember, she has to go on vacation. So then we have to wait for, like, two months knowing she's going to come back. But we don't know if she's going to come back as the same actress, if they're going to bring in a new actress. Because usually for leads, they don't change them. But once in a while, they'll be like, surprise! Old actress was tired of working for the show. We're going to bring a new word in. I do and it's also really quick, uh, a cultural difference. Yes. Um, normally, you know, in Western, when I say Western, I say specifically United States media. Yeah. We tend to do, especially on, like, romances, when you get together and the marriage part, like, that's the end, and it's implied, blah, 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 happily ever after, but the marriage part is the end. And especially yeah. when you have, like, just now recently with w, with queer women, when they're not dying, if they do get a happy ever after, it's kind of about at a wedding, they say, where it's implied that everything's 
going to be great. Whereas in these mm-hmm. dramas, it's like drama llama to get up to the wedding and then you're like oh okay we're finally here but if you're used to more western traditional everything's great after the wedding you were going to be in for the shock of your life because in these dramas that's when shit really gets started right because really the the true happiness doesn't come until like well when the show ends so literally you watch this entire show and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and like you get to have some great moments where like so the weddings happened. If they make it past the flower night, now they have to go on the honeymoon. And there's always someone who comes in and tries to, like, kidnap her or whatever. Like, it's just so much drama all the time, which is why I don't watch most of those episodes. I usually skip to the end, watch what's happened that's important, and then move on. Because otherwise, I'd be wasting hours of my life just waiting for them to look at each other. I'm like, okay, speaking of tropes, everybody loves tropes where, like, they don't say each other's first name until, like, a really intense moment. I have been watching one drama... We're literally, it has been 300 episodes. They have not said each other's first name yet. And I'm just holding on for that moment because I know when it happens, it's going to be like the most intense, like musically, just there's going to be thunder and it's probably going to be raining and he's probably going to be like (laughs) dying. And I I need it to happen because like it shows that she loves him. And I'm just like, oh my God, just say his freaking name already so I can leave. Queer women, when we watch stuff, we are so used to reading into subtext that we freak out, even if it's not a canon, like, oh, they looked at each other. Yes. So, oh my God. We're transported into this environment and they're not even using each other's first names yet. And we build all this shit up just because we've had to for decades. Like, we build it up and we build it up. And I'm like, it is not sustainable if you're watching these dramas. You no. will have an aneurysm and die. Oh my gosh. I'm actually thinking of... So in South Asian media, there's not much about LGB folks for a lot of reasons. There are some episodes with, like, gay guys, and usually it's fine. Like, they're not only humorous or whatever. Like, it's usually, like, a, the main character's friend comes back from school, what have you, and it's, like, a quick, like hey, they exist, stop being shitty to them, which is awesome. There's way more um, dramas with trans people because of we already ha- have had for ages an understanding about a third gender and what have you. But I was actually watching it, one of my shows. I was trying to find an old episode because I wanted to see if I could link it. And there's a scene where the girl and her best friend, actually, are just very intensely looking at each other. And the show is billed as, like, you know, the love stories between the girl and the guy. But really, it's the love story between this girl and her friend who she, okay, the friend runs away because she's a shitty person from the wedding, and that's why our heroine has to marry the hero. And he, of course, is in love with the girl who ran away, so it takes forever for them to get together. But, of course, they end up doing it and all that stuff. But the girl comes back and tries to kill them, and there's this very dramatic moment where, because she's mad, she, you know, shouldn't have ran away. She should have just stayed and got her money and been happy. But um, she comes back and tries to kill them, and her friend is just staring at her like, how could you do this to me? I love you. I even married him so that you wouldn't be completely destroyed in the media because she's a model and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, dude, if this was in India, they would have kissed by now and it would have been amazing. But anyways, we would all die. We would just be ash, especially because the wife dies. And now the other wife has to wear all white and like be in mourning. Cause there's the whole premise of like religiously you wear all white, but then also the symbolism of like all the color in my life has been taken away. And there have been shows where literally the line is said, you took the color in my life away. Now I must wear white. And it's really depressing. And then they wear white. But then the wife... Until the, the wife comes, comes back. back. Right. And then they come back and then it's like... But we now made that magically altered her face. 
Yes, exactly. And it's great. And now they're, like, back together, and then they have to work together to fight the bad guys. But truly, like, my favorite shows are where they actually do work together, because sometimes whenever it's the contrived, like, he must marry her to save her from whatever bullshit, or she must marry him to save him from whatever bullshit, like, it takes forever for them for the, blah, 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 forever for them to actually, like, enjoy each other's company. And that's not really fun to watch. Like, enemies to lovers... Is okay, a trope. Queer women, and we like, love that slow burn contrived shit of like right. friends to lovers or enemies to friends to lovers. Right. For some reason, exactly. that is like our kryptonite. Yeah. Like so, like we it, it could work for that shit. That and the coffee shop AU. I don't understand why coffee shop AU is so big, but that's neither here or there. It, we should totally do an episode on just fandom tropes. That would be fun. Um. Right, but so that's we it, but love that anyways. slow burn from like enemies right. to friends to lovers. Like we live for that shit. And then we would die because there's usually like, okay, so here's the other part. So there's so many parts to these tropes, but I'm thinking about okay, so we talked about how the mother in law doesn't like the new person, blah blah blah. Sometimes the father in law doesn't. But more often than not, the father in law actually so the the guy's dad, right? If we're going with like the head couple or whatever, the guy's dad will support her. So we would die because then, like everyone would be like, "Oh my gosh, he loves his new daughter," and we would all cry about that because like we just would. And then also, we I didn't even talk about. So yeah, I like mentioned there's love triangles. Sometimes there are full on rectangles happening. Like guy likes girl, girl likes guy. New lady comes in. New lady's old friend from childhood comes in to work with other guy. I don't even know where. That puts us. I think that puts us as five people. So well, there will be like Western all media that puts us at the L word with the mother-in-law, right? Because remember, she's still mad, or she'll finally get over it and finally accept the wife into her life and be like, "All right, you're pretty cool. You saved my son from murder, business theft, whatever stuff that she does to make it, you know, apparent that she's not a crappy person and should have been married to him in the first place." And then someone else in the family will be like, "No." I thought we weren't going to like her because then I could take your money. Because, see, they don't actually care about the mother-in-law. They just want their mother-in-law's, like, stuff. And this is why you shouldn't live with all of your family members. Because clearly the lesson is that they all hate you in these shows. Because it's just, like, all of the brothers fighting for, like, dominance. And I'm like, dude, you guys have so much money. Like, none of you need to be killing your dad or poisoning them like there's so much murder in these shows See, it's ridiculous. i do think though that <sighs> an interesting difference that you could explore in those dramas where you know you do have two women is maybe the sister out of those brothers isn't you know fighting for that kind of dominance and then the dad naturally just kind of gravitates towards her because his sons are so gd annoying then yeah, he gets that's murdered. True. Or if we have like the okay, so with the love triangle, there's always the vixen character. So then now we've got like a lesbian who's a vixen. But then that's kind of weird because like in American media, we've for so long had like the evil bisexual. So how that would play out in like these serials would be so interesting because she's evil by virtue of being this the other person in the relationship. She's not evil because she's actually evil. Until so of course is, she tries I to think murder this them. This is the one area where know. that tangled web of relationships where we would be okay on because we had the L word for years. This is true. I That's, think yeah. we would be like okay with that <laughs> and we would just be spinning this out into all sorts of different poly configurations. But Oh I my think, god. Yeah, I the one thing I think would be really interesting is like how you would adapt you know, it's the father's daughter now, and maybe his yeah. sons are jerks, and he's like, okay, I'm going to leave it to you, and then the father mm-hmm. gets murdered. Now you have all this other big drama of these 
two wives against her brothers. And then maybe mm-hmm. the mother is like, no, I agree with your father. We have to do this for you. But you've got these asshole brothers. And then you've got, right. like nephews or cousins that want to get in with the brothers. I mean, and this is the thing. You can spin all this out you want because they've already damn done it somewhere. Mm-hmm. When I think about... So, like, modern-day era shows have this, but then also, like, um, India loves, understandably, like, every year there's a new show about a different god or goddess. Um, so, like, imagining this in, like, a historical epic, we would be extra dead because they don't even show their ankles. I mean, they don't show their ankles in now anyway, but, like... That whole perspective of, like, the Pride and Prejudice style, like, they're glancing at each other from across the room, and then the shroud comes up so we can't see them do anything, and then also he, she, she sees the other girl's shoulder. Pronouns are hard when there's all the same gender stuff happening here. But, like, everyone sees each other's shoulders, and it's intense, and, like, oh, my goodness gracious. And then also, who leads the other person around the fire? Like, I think that's so interesting, because these are actually conversations that real life same gender couples are having that are doing Hindu weddings because they have mm. to do that. But I think it's, you know, trying to do this in the show would be just so, so much. Well, and then just gender expression, you know, mm-hmm. are they both femme? Are they both right. what we would call butch? Are they both somewhere in between? And well, okay. so is- that's a really good question because there's a show on right now where the whole premise is that the heroine's father passed away. So she had to kind of take on the, brother role in the family she's the one who worked and supported her sister mom and grandma and now that she's married she has to you know be in charge because the whole premise is like once you're married you're kind of supposed to take over for the family and like learn all the ways they do stuff and like if your mother-in-law hands you literally keys to the house and every single armoire with all of their jewelry on it that you tie to your sari because literally it is the most stereotypical brown thing ever then you've made it and then someone's always trying to steal the keys. And every time the keys are handed over, there's all the ma- huge thunder music and all that jazz. But her hair now is growing longer. Because now that she's in charge of this house, it's showing that, like, she too is truly a feminine person. So it's okay to be a tomboy until you're married. Oh, by the way, before you get married, you're allowed to wear the salarka means of the three-piece sets. The moment you are married, you only wear saris. And so there's this very interesting... Imagery thing that's you going on. You want to for viewers who aren't uh, South Asian <laughs> or so, that explain that terminology. Yes. So the Salar Kameez is the three piece set. So if you've ever seen anyone in any kind of media or walking down the street, that's usually like the long dress top with the pants and then the long shawl, right? Mm-hmm. Or the sari, which is the nine yards of fabric, which is wrapped around you. Um, and we could put propo- put photos in the episode underneath or whatever um, for a better description because I know that doesn't really make much sense if you've never actually seen it yourself. But there's that whole shift too. So now both of them have to wear saris. But if someone has really short hair, it actually usually because hair is such a big deal in all of our cultures. If you have short hair, you're actually okay because if you're a pious, like, well-established woman in these shows, you have long, beautiful, luscious hair because the whole thing is like your hair is growing and like you can flip it really intensely when the scene calls for it um and everyone wears extensions because the braids are literally as long as my butt wait that doesn't make sense (laughs) the braids are long enough to be by my butt there we go um and so (laughs) so if someone was more butch like how would that play out would it mean that she like would you when you first meet the character feel for her and like be supportive of her because she has short hair in the context of, like, you might have short hair, or because the media has told you for so long short-haired characters are actually bad, 
would they all have to be femme characters? Or well, would you do them, it, like, like how would they dress? Like what if you have a lady that likes to dress more masculine without mm-hmm. the, the 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 thing you just the three piece I'm sorry, the what what's it called? <laughs> the salar Yeah, that thing. <laughs> if I for me, like if I'm learning new words, I have to see it written. For whatever reason, I am not an auditory learner. That's all right. It's S A L W A R. First okay. word, Salar. Second word, K A M E E Z, Kameez. Salar Mm-hmm. Which okay. literally translate, it's, translates into pant and shirt. Because Salar is pant and Kameez is shirt. So it's pretty, <laughs> which is nice. Okay, so like, what if one of them or both of them don't wear that? What if they're wearing like far more masculine clothing? Honestly, I don't really know. That's a really good question because I'm thinking about another thing too is if you are the good character. You wear saris or salwar kameez. You don't wear, like... Like, any character who wears, like, a short skirt is immediately indicated to be kind of, like, too Americanized, which is a bad thing, or too Westernized, really. Um, And so there's, like, even... Actually, so even characters who aren't married, like, their age is also indicated by whether they wear saris or not. There's a new show that's actually coming out in two weeks, and the whole premise is she's 32, she's not married, she runs her family and does really well at her job. Um, and the whole impetus behind her love story is going to be the guy who wants to take to buy her house for whatever reason. Um, they're going to end up falling in love. He's going to be the hero or whatever. And that's going to be contrived and wonderful and slow birdie as always. Because um, this actress has been in shows that literally ran for four and a half years. So she's used to it. But you, I don't really know if they would ever show anyone in like. Oh, don't I mean, worry you may- about all that work in 15, 16 hour days for four years. She's used to it. <laughs> Um, well, actually, surprisingly enough, last week they just passed an ordinance that they're no longer allowed to shoot past 10 p.m. So it'll only be, like, 12 hours. And it gives them two whole hours to sleep. They're all really excited. Someone did an interview with, like, 10 of the biggest actors. Anyways, that's the point. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they would probably do just, they would probably do a combination. So they would make her more masculine by making her wear jeans, but mm-hmm. she would still wear the long top. Or, like, a corta, which is, like, a tunic, she would wear that. That would be okay to indicate, like, okay. masculine clothing um there would never be any like short sleeve shirts ever because okay here's what's really funny so short sleeve shirts like we would wear just around the house are not worn by our characters ever unless there's pajamas even though sometimes characters will wear spaghetti strap blouses under their saris so it's this whole like thing about like well her shoulders are showing but since she's wearing a sari it's fine but a short sleeve shirt isn't allowed even though blouses are short sleeves but Neither here nor there. But I think that's kind of the stuff that would play out more is, like, the characters that do dress more masculine, whatever, like, they might just wear guys' tunics then and, like, have, like, their hair up in, like, really intense ponytails instead of it long and flowing, maybe, or, like, different braids. Um, Because usually what will happen is, like, the characters who are the bad guys, if they don't have their hair down, they have them in really intense updos. So maybe Mm -hmm. she has an updo, but it's not as... Uh, as put together because then it shows that she's still like a good character so not quite and so uh, Cersei Lannister like everything is straight and tight right and exactly top. exactly and I also think I mean this doesn't even go into like so we just talked about just having two women but um, whether they're I mean everybody's fair skinned because light is best unfortunately due to all sorts of reasons colonialism culture blah 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 um, and there's actually a show right now the whole premise is 
he's really fair-skinned, his mom's hella racist, she's not, she's dark, the heroine is dark-skinned, and all of that going on, something about, like, that would also play out, and then that doesn't even go into, like, disability is shown a little bit better on Indian serials now than in the past, but even then, there's always, like, oh, just kidding, the bad guy's really just faking their disability, which, I mean, is universal, sadly, um, and that kind of stuff, too, would play out, I think, a little bit differently, because then, like, if the bad guy is another woman who wants to marry we should have given them names. But if, <laughs> if heroine A is getting married to the love of her life, but the love of her life ends up being the bad guy, then she's probably going to show up at some point in, like, hella disguises. So then, like, for disguises, they always, like, pretend to be, like, older people or, um, like, village people or, like, clown characters, if you will. So, like, that would play out differently, and that would be really interesting to see. Okay, here's my other thing. Um... Because for obvious reasons, and this is part of the recent events I was talking about, bury your gaze is a thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we have to deal with. Um, the Voltron thing happened. Uh, a couple of years ago, the spring slaughter happened, uh, kicking mm-hmm. off with Klexa and Lexa on the 100. And knowing how we react to queer characters dying, like the whole we kill the wife but we bring her back right so it's this weird unbear your gaze but then we bring her back and she's a different actress because you know for whatever reasons maybe you know maybe the other actress is like i can't do this anymore it's bad for my health i want to go do other stuff you know it may not be nefarious but you know I'm, i'm wondering how we would handle that because we normally you know in our media when somebody dies and our show is for us they stay deaded like they're dead. Right. They're dead. So right. getting used to the, you know, when in that mindset of, oh, the wife died, you even said, oh, I know she's going to be back in two months. Why am I bothering to watch this right now? Well, you know, how are we going to deal with that? Right. Right. <laughs> the wife goes and we've got two months and then all of a sudden the wife pops back up and it may be the same actress. It may not be the same actress, but suddenly she's unburied. Well, and it's interesting because I think, okay, so, like, if we use Jane the Virgin as an example real quick in context of, like, telenovela tropes, like, that's partly why the stuff with Louisa and Rose is so incredibly complicated, because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be, like, the evil bad guy, but in this case, it's Rose, who's a lesbian, and then Louisa, who's got, very clearly, she's got mental health problems that are made worse by her brother for various reasons that made... Uh, yes, thank you. Could not say that correctly. Um, made worse by Rose, because Rose is a bad guy, but also is obsessed with her. But then also we expect Rose to come back every five seconds, because the whole premise in telenovelas is that the bad... And in soap operas, I mean, if anyone's seen um, Days of Our Lives, Stefano literally died 12 separate ways, and finally stayed deaded, and everyone was shocked, and that was because he died in real life. So, like, there's that. Um, but we're, we're acting them to always come back, so I think, like, if... People, if if a gay W, that's redundant. If a Bengali serial or a Hindi serial had WLW characters, everyone would just expect the same tropes to play out, but slightly differently. But then also, I think about um, so like if the wife does die and then comes back, or if she just disappears, it's not always death. Like she might just be kidnapped or goes away, and then, like, there's, like, a six-month time jump, and it just turns out that, like, she lost her memory, and now she has to come back and, like, insinuate herself back into the family and Classic save all of her family. Because... Trope. Right, exactly, because these are, I mean, these are universal across all cultures. Latin American telenovelas, like, across the board have this kind of stuff, too. Same with, um, 
even just like Bangladeshi cereals that aren't necessarily as intense as the ones in India. Um, I think that would be interesting to see. But also, I keep losing my thought. Oh, um, if she does have amnesia and someone has to help her get her memory back, usually there's like another character that ends up coming in to help do that. So I think that's where it would be interesting because then we would see, oh crap, someone's coming in on our favorite character because sometimes that person brings the memory back for nefarious reasons of their own and sometimes they're doing it because they want the main couple to get back together depending on who they are. So I think that would be really interesting. That won't go down well. Right, because then we'd be like, well, why are you getting in on our, you're encroaching on this relationship? I know, I'm just like, I know uh, WLW fandom, and that's going to start ship wars. Right, because then it's also like, there's actually a show that's doing this right now where she doesn't die, but everyone thinks she's died, the the heroine character. She's a poor village girl, she gets married because of the circumstances, her husband ends up being an older man, and then he passes out, and so someone else steps in to marry her. Oh, the reason why this, the wedding thing is such a significant issue is that in Hinduism, um, there's a concept where if you don't get married between the certain time that's prescribed based on your horoscopes and some other stuff, this is, I'm kind of simplifying it for the sake of the podcast, but um, Lagna Prashta essentially means that, like, your time has run out, kind of. So if you don't get married, get married within, like, say it's 10 a.m., if you do not get married and do everything by the end of, like, 10.59, you're going to have bad luck for the rest of your life. So usually then the girl's mother freaks the heck out because, holy shit, she doesn't want her daughter to have bad luck forever. And it's like, someone save her, someone marry her. And it it starts that, like, three-episode, like, rush to find someone. And it just happens to be the hero that we met earlier or whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. So um, because of that, I think that also plays a perspective, like, plays a part in. So now that they're kind of forced married but not really because, I mean, the guy still consents to marry her because he has to. Otherwise, it would be a totally different show um, and a totally different thing is that like if they do get married and then she does get amnesia and then come back then and there's someone else new so the show that I was just referencing Simoreka Bindi is now living with um, her uncle's illegitimate son that she did not know is his illegitimate son and so now son is coming back for revenge and they show up and the promo just has like the two families and one fa- family being like, oh, my God, you're alive. Where have you been? And the other family being like, she's not your bride anymore. She's going to be my son's bride. This is the mother. And then it cuts to black because, of course, we have to watch the episode to see what happens next. So then you end up rooting for the new character. You're like, well, she should be with this guy because he treats her better. So then we would all freak the heck out because now we've got four women, right, the original two, the love triangle character who's the bad guy, and then now this new character who's actually treating our heroine better but that old heroine B still loves her, and it's just like the blackmail and the murder and all of it comes together, and you're like, who do I root for? That, that I think would, would be really hard. That would just be an, a ship war. <laughs> that, that's not even a ship war. That's like an entire full-on naval ship assault. Of yeah. Like apocalyptic proportions. <laughs> and I can just see the fandom having the mother of all meltdowns because... This section of fandom wants, you know, um, woman A and woman B, and this section wants woman B and woman C, and this one wants woman A and woman C, and this one wants woman B and woman D, and then, I mean, all of these. I'm like, that is going to be an apocalyptic level of shit drama. (laughs) Because especially because, really, no one ever roots for the bad guys, because none of the bad guys even have, like, their impetuses for being bad is because the show needs them to be. 
very rarely have I ever actually been like, okay, I can understand why the bad guy is bad. Most of the time it's just like, oh, you're so annoying. You've tried to commit murder six times already and you failed. Can you please leave? And because they don't ever get punished. This is another thing. We would be so mad that our bad guy doesn't get punished until the last episode. Well, it they depends either... on if she's hot and who we're shipping her with. Well, right, right. But we're, she... We're still talking about, you know, like, U.S. <laughs> shipping yeah. culture. This is true. But she either will finally go to jail... She'll somehow escape. They'll forgive her because, of course, the lesson is, like, forgive all the people in your life who suck, which is a problem and a discussion for another day. And um, the final option is she either kills herself or someone kills her and attempts to save the main character. And then they all, the family members will all, like, hug each other. And then the episodes almost always end with, like, a snapshot of them. And sometimes they end even more literally we're lit- um, someone will actually be like, okay, selfie time! And then they take a selfie, and the last scene of the episode is the selfie. So, that's always cheesy as heck. Um, but, like, that, I think, too, like, that slow burn of this character has literally tried to kill both of my favorite people four times now, and no one can stop them. And then also you get frustrated because you're like, how are the good guys so stupid? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it gets so drawn out that the good guys keep letting the bad guy back into their lives. And that's where it's like, oh my god, Linda, literally, she just tried to kill you yesterday with poison in your milk. Why are you letting her into your home? Oh, no, she's changed. She won't try to hit on me anymore. She just tried to kill you! Me screaming on my TV regularly. Right. So I think I think that would be another thing that would play out in a totally chaotic manner. And just, we would all, we would just, again, we'd be ash. We'd be so exhausted from just waiting to see the next scene that we would be like, holy crap, literally, we've been here for 400 episodes and nothing has actually happened. Right. But then when something does happen... Like, there's nothing left, and then it's just, like, I can just see everybody keeling over in their chairs, because that's all I can do anymore. Right. Because the slow burn, I mean, a good slow burn, the reason why we like it is when you finally have whatever the end of the slow burn comes to, right? When they finally get together. Like, I love moments in these shows that I've been watching, because, like, my mom got me hooked on all of them, where finally the couple sits down on the bed and then they, like, lean into each other. And even though we're not going to see anything, and I don't even really want to see anything, because culturally, like, that would be weird to me, it's just so exciting for them to finally, like, just kiss already, that you're like, holy crap, it was worth it. And then, of course, they have to go fight the bad guys again. But, like, sometimes they'll even dedicate a full episode with, like, only two or three scenes of the bad guys plotting that's literally just them, like, being super romantic, and there's music playing. And I totally forgot to mention that you know a scene is true romance because they will play Bollywood music over it from, like, Shah Rukh Khan movies, because, of course, Shah Rukh Khan is the king of romance. Um, and and then you know it's true, because then that's playing, and it's, like, all the songs... Like, the songs are always from, like, the dream sequences in his movies, where he's, like, really being sensual, and there's just a lot of, like, hips touching but not really doing anything sexual I, it's it's really hard to explain without having a video i'm gonna have to like send you all these videos to link in the below part and they'll watch it and everyone's gonna be like holy crap We're they're not making a big article accompanying this podcast <laughs> just to explain some stuff <laughs> and then they're not even actually making out but they're literally touching like all of their body parts and you're like what is happening how is this allowed on tv so that is other things that would kill us because we would be like but, but they're not doing anything but they are but they're not know. doing it. I anything. think after that level of buildup, we may finally just chalk that up as a win and crash anyway because we've been waiting so <laughs> fucking long for it. Oh my god! Honestly, though, 
But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It, it'll be really cool to hopefully see one day, even if it's just because there are web series. I should I should say that there in India there are web series that are just as dramatic, but they're obviously way shorter because web series, um, mm. you know, are more expensive. But they do have some uh, woman dating women and men dating men. So it's hopefully one day we'll get a show where like even if they're not the leads, I don't know if we'll get that anytime soon. But they might be the side characters because, like I mentioned, there are gay men sometimes as side characters, and they just get to like on screen like talk to their boyfriend over the phone or whatever. But it's never like a big thing. Um, but it would be it would be hilarious and like a good way to just see like holy crap, there are two girls and they're actually dating each other. They're not the sisters or cousins or random extras. What, what do you, you think the chances are of, like, getting a version of, over here, like, Jane the Virgin? Because, like, right now, as far as, like, South Asian women in media, like... Right. You were looking, I think you came up with five. Yeah, we've got the new person on Doctor Who, I keep forgetting her name, Kamala Khan and the cartoons coming out. Um, Sarayu Blue on I Feel Bad, Moza Makar on The Fix, and Parveen Kaur on The Manifest. But they're all, well, except for um, Sarayu Blue and Doctor Who's characters, like, the rest of them are, like, kind of third, fourth, fifth regular characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I was really hoping we were going to get Greatest American Hero, but Roseanne happened, and that's a podcast for another day. So... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Hopefully. I mean, that would be kind of cool, though, if we could get, like, a Jane the Virgin-esque U.S.-ish English version playing off of one of those dramas. I mean, it would be awesome. I just don't know. I think it's harder to adapt those, particularly because I think even the one that Jane the Virgin was based off of only aired twice a week. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that those telenovelas, like, in, um, I want to say that was Argentinian, or Venezuelan, maybe. I forget. No, you know what? I think that one was Venezuelan, and then the one that's based off was Grand Hotel is Spanish, and there's another one that's based off of an Argentinian show also coming out. No, Grand those Hotel three, one, isn't that Eva Longoria? Yeah, so, like, all of those, I don't think they aired every day, but these are 20, epi- 20 episodes, 20 minute long episodes that air five, six, seven days a week, and, I mean, it could work. I think it would be really fun. It would be interesting to see. I don't know that it would be anytime soon. Someone would have mm-hmm. to really want to pitch it and make it work. I mean, honestly, the CW could if they wanted to put in a new total novella esque show. But I think with the people in charge of Jane the Virgin also being in charge of Charmed, like that's obviously not happening. Um, right. They're going to be more focused on that. And also, I mean, I don't think I'd want to see one without, you know, South Asian writers involved. Right. Absolutely. That's the and other. I also. There's some of the things that I think that would be harder to translate because I think, okay, so for example, in Jay the Virgin, like the really cool on the screen stuff where they like write out the text or like her heart's glowing, we don't really have that. And the stuff we do have, like with the student, they're like, they would have to change it into like, I don't know, like she puts a bracelet on him or he puts a bracelet, like some kind of like other indication because otherwise it would be way too narrow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I would watch it, but I'm not a Nielsen viewer, so they don't care. Nice. <laughs> so. Um, but that would be awesome. I mean, it would be really interesting. And uh, CBS had um, Pandas in New York, the comedy with the Indian family and the doctors, and that didn't come to be. But I'm not completely mad about it because all of their comedies literally are about white people bothering black families, which, okay, out of context, this sounds terrible, but the, pre- the, pre- the premises of the shows is that, like, a white neighbor moves in or someone moves into the house or um, a white sister shows up. And so I think that's cool that at least all the comedies are centered around black families. So hopefully those do well. 
and maybe for next year's pilot season, which has already started because pilot season never ends, we'll get another Indian-led show. Or False Prophets on ABC with the multi-level marketing scheme. Like, maybe that'll end up having the main character that originally was written to be Indian. Well, it just... We had, I think, you were looking at it, we had more South Asian characters of significance for the pilots this year than I can remember having for a while, so I think that's at least a step forward. Right. I know, okay, you have to understand, Sahar was keeping, like, Excel spreadsheet upon Excel spreadsheet upon Excel spreadsheet that for, like, all sorts of demographics of anything you guys could imagine... And I get this, like, oh, there's X amount of characters that are X of descent or whatever category in here. And there's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know how you do this, but that's what Sahar does. <laughs> there were 14 Desi women, South Asian women cast in pilot uh, lead. You pulled up the spreadsheet, didn't you? I, I did pull up the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because, okay, so for those of y'all who want more things to read, plug for my writing, I did articles on every single of the broadcast network's pilots, and so I was keeping track to see, like, who was getting cast and what, and then I also did a big write-up on, like, the demographics and, like, inclusive TV shows that are actually led by truly inclusive casts, what have you, and so I was keeping track. This year, I probably won't do that, but it was fun, because then every time someone would be cast, I'd be like, okay, time now to the spreadsheet, and then by the time I was done, I was like, holy shit, I spent literally 100 plus hours on this. Because I had it color-coded, I had, like, a tag for people. <laughs> um, and then I did the same thing when everything was getting canceled. So if anyone needs any data, I have it. Feel free to ask. There are times I'm kind of glad you're not a statistician because that would be terrifying. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. I don't like running stats. I just like counting things. Like, if I had to do this to, like, RSIS, I would just be like, I... Um, but speaking of which... I think we're done, question mark? I think Towards so. Towards the end of the hour? I was not keeping track of time. A.K.A. Sahara's voice is going out. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about this at length for hours. I just don't, I mean, I don't know how long you guys would be willing to listen to me talk about it. But this was just a very brief description of all of the chaos that happens in our in our dramas. And I think it would be hilarious if we did this episode with someone who watches telenovelas to talk about similar slash opposing tropes. Because I'm sure it's just as chaotic and fun. And slow Bernie for those of us who are WLW. Right. I may have somebody in mind I will be asking, but until I get a yes from that person, I'm not going to throw their name up. But (laughs) put a peg in this. We may revisit this and do an episode based on uh, telenovelas and uh, compare and contrast those and see which... Which culture has the nuttier shows, basically. Yes, yes. And I will pull together some videos and pictures so when y'all are listening to this in real time, you're not like, what is she talking about? None of these words are English. I'm so confused. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to us, um, like us on iTunes. We also have our other podcasts, The Fundamentalists, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. And don't forget, we still have our Fundamentals Plus membership. It's $3 a month. You get several perks, including access to exclusive content. 
One of those perks, though, is you get a shout-out on the podcast of your choice, which means if you join and you want us to give you a shout-out here, we will do it. So that is also, again, it's $3 a month. You help us keep the site running with all of our maintenance costs. We do greatly appreciate all the Fundamental Plus members we have now. And any support we may have in the future. Also, you know, for those of you who are listening that may be listening to this hair, it's like, okay, you forgot this thing. Be sure to put it down in the comments. We would love to see some of y'all's yes, on this. definitely. Oh, my gosh. Especially if I didn't make much sense. I will totally clarify things in the comments. Or, the you comments? Know, if, oh, my God. If this is brand new for you and you're like, holy crap, you're right, I would die. Tell us in the comments. Let us know how much of a withered husk you'd be by the time anything happens. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. We'll be back next time. Have a good one.